Hi, I'm Dr. Heather Denniston. Today's leadership quote comes from James Clear's Atomic Habits. You do not rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. Your goal is your desired outcome. Your system is the collection of daily habits that will get you there. The Leader Assistant Podcast exists to encourage and challenge assistants to become confident, game-changing leader assistants. Hey friends, it's your host, Jeremy Burrows, and I just wanted to let you know a little bit about today's sponsor. The Leader Assistant Podcast is brought to you by Goody. With employee burnout at all-time highs, it's so important to make your team feel appreciated and recognized. With Goody, you can connect your HR system and automatically send gifts for employees' birthdays and work anniversaries. Talk about automating before your role is automated. It's a modern, hands-free way to show your team members how much you appreciate them. Goody is free to start gifting, and you can get a $20 credit when you sign up. Be sure to mention the Leader Assistant Podcast, and Goody will add an extra $10 credit to your account. Go to leaderassistant.com slash Goody to give Goody a try. Hey, friends. Thanks for tuning in to the Leader Assistant Podcast. It's your host, Jeremy Burrows, and welcome to episode 181. You can check out the show notes for today's episode at leaderassistant.com slash 181. And today, I'm excited to be speaking with Dr. Heather Denniston. Heather is a wellness strategist and the CEO of WellFit and Fed. Heather, how's it going? It's going very well. Thank you for having me. This is going to be really fun. Yeah, let's uh, let's dive right in. Why, why delay good. the fun? Uh, <laughs> so, tell us a little bit about. Uh, let's let's go back a little bit. What was your first okay. job? What was your first job? Oh my goodness! My first job was at Expo 1986 at Boston Pizza in Vancouver, British Columbia, and had to take the bus down an hour and a half from my town in the suburbs to go work at a pizza place during the expo, and then take the midnight bus home. That was my first job. Wow! Did you take pizza home with you? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Silly question, right? Yeah. Uh, so okay, then fast forward a little bit. Um, what kind of experience do you have in your in your career? So I went to college thinking I was going to be a marine biologist. And then I realized I'd have to look through a microscope all the time. And I didn't want to do that. So I had a friend who went off to chiropractic school and I said, what is that? And he was all excited about it. And after he finished talking to me, I was just ready to go. I loved the idea of it. So I uh, finished my degree in at University of Victoria in Canada and jaunted down to Southern California or actually Northern California outside San Francisco and did three years of a chiropractic degree there. And once graduated, stayed in the States. I moved to Washington and started my practice there. And that's been my career journey. About five years ago, after 20 years of practice, I left practice and moved into the speaking and presenting and consulting space. Awesome. And when you were running your own practice, did you have an assistant or another type of assistant in that that world? 
I did over, you know, 20 years of, of doing a practice. I had a few and I had just some of the most fond memories of uh, the different folks that came through my practice and they were just fantastic. It was wonderful. Awesome. So what's maybe a moment that you can think of, or maybe a story you could share about how chaos ensued and your assistant and team helped, uh, helped you kind of figure it out. Oh gosh. The story that just came to mind when you asked that, because I, I did not know that was going to be a question, but it is funny what pops into our minds when a question comes forward. And that was, I had a really, uh, very pivotal moment in my practice where three of my staff quit in about a week and two had great reasons for what they were, what they were moving on to do. And one of them, it was a case of me being a incredible micromanager and not a good leader. And it was a real learning moment for me, but my office manager at the time had also given her notice, but about a month before she was staying with me for six weeks or so. And she came into the office after I, it was Armageddon, and she said, Heather, I am going to stay with you until we backfill everybody. And I thought, here was somebody who had such a vested interest in the success of the practice, put her own plans aside to come alongside me and support me in continuing the journey of building this incredible practice that we had and bringing in some new talented, incredible people, which we did. And really largely because she agreed to stay and work alongside me for that. So I would say that thanks. Thank you, Lindsay, uh, for supporting me through that really tough time. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's awesome to have that support. And sounds yeah. like she was a huge, huge part of that. She was. She was incredible. Awesome. So <laughs> we'll talk a little bit more about assistance here in a minute. But how did you go from being a chiropractor to working? You mentioned, you know, you started your career, but how did you kind of get into that working with corporations on yeah. professional and personal well-being? Yeah, I have a, a long well-being personal journey that started when I was about 2021 20, with a lot of ill health uh, that took many years to turn around. And then I worked with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of patients on their personal well-being. And there was a point, uh, I would say it was about seven years ago, I'm, I've now been out of brick and mortar practice for five years, but about seven years ago, I started to get a leading that there was change coming for me. And I tend to be really responsive to that because I feel like we have this one life to lead. And if we are being led in a different direction, we need to at least explore it. And I kept getting these inklings about writing, about publishing, about speaking, about spreading concepts of wellness, practical, implementable, sustainable concepts to bigger groups of people. And what was interesting is my practice was located right in the center, Costco headquarters, Microsoft, um, Expedia, Amazon, Starbucks, so many corporations just right around me. So my patient base was largely corporate employees. And I felt like I needed to get to them sooner than by the time they were on my table. And I started to see patterns of stress on the body and the nervous system coming through that I thought, you know what, if I could impact earlier 
then we could save some of these folks from really difficult health outages that impacted their quality of life and the things they cared about. And so that's what I did as I sold my practice to two lovely sisters from Wisconsin who are still caring for my patients today. And I moved into first the online space as a blogger and a writer and published a few things. And then I really got the itch to start presenting. And that's what I've been doing just for force the last couple of years. Are you ready to elevate your career in 2024? I'm Maggie Olson, founder of Nova Chief of Staff Certification, the first of its kind online course for aspiring and existing chiefs of staff. With curriculum taken directly from on-the-job responsibilities, Nova's self-paced learning modules provides you with hands-on experience so you can feel competent and confident moving into a chief of staff style role. It's the perfect next step for executive assistants. Head to leaderassistant.com slash Nova to learn more, grab the syllabus, and enroll today. Wow, that's great. So how did you get into... I know a lot of assistants that I talk to, they, and especially the leader, long-term assistants are like, hey, I want to start something. I want to start a blog. I want to start training. I want to help other assistants. I want to do yeah. get, put myself out there. What was that process like for you? Okay, you started blogging and then eventually into speaking. Any tips for those listening who want to jump into something like that someday? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I think uh, when I look at other folks who kind of done that same journey that I have, who I'm peer with, and maybe we mastermind together and we talk about this quite a bit, uh, I would say the first thing that comes to mind is use your network and Uh, there's a saying, your network is your net worth. And so really tapping into first, second, and third degree network as much as you possibly can. And you'd be amazed how people want to support you. And so don't be afraid to reach out and call uncle so-and-so who works somewhere that might actually be interested in what you're offering um, or call that person who was, you know, a friend of a friend. I think that's really essential. And I also think too, it's showing up every day. And so I remember a story about a, a young kid as a professional golfer who was hopeful professional golfer. And I remember his coach saying, what's different about him than somebody else who doesn't make it is he just shows up every day, no matter what is do the work, make the calls. Um, If you're writing, write. If you are trying to make connections, network and just do the work every day. Uh, And that's the hardest thing. I think when we're transitioning into being a solopreneur is making sure that we put the time in and on quality tasks, not just things that make us busy. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. I think that was one of the biggest things for me when I started was, especially when I started this podcast a few years ago was I didn't even want to start a podcast unless I knew that I had enough content or could come up with enough people to talk to, you know, all that stuff to be able to do one every week. And so this is episode 181 and, you know, I've only missed like two weeks. So (laughs) that's Um, just so incredible. But consistency just goes a long ways. So it sure, it sure does. And you probably are just proof that, you know, it's showing up and showing up and showing up and it feels like you're just digging and digging and digging and not hitting gold. And then all of a sudden, 
okay, people are listening, people are downloading, they're, you know, they're supporting me. Um, and it, it just takes time. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. when did you, when did you really kind of hit that point where, all right, I'm, I'm not just blogging anymore, but I'm yeah. showing up to Costco and doing a training for their employees. Yeah, it started with I, you know, a lot of us as as solopreneurs, we put a few products out there that maybe don't do as well as we'd hoped, but we learn a ton from them. And I did a membership program called the Change Cave, which was a sort of women-centric well-being membership program. And it was 12 months long, 83 downloadable PDFs, and wow, surprise, nobody followed through. And uh, and but I learned so much there. And so what came of that was a very distilled down short um, product that is all the low-hanging fruit for practical well-being that we can implement right away and very strategic to bridge the connection between personal well-being and professional success. So to answer your question, it took some trials, some iterations to land on something that I'm like, this is going to work for people. And it gave me the confidence to go into corporations and call my connections and say, hey, I have this really cool product that I think is going to leave a really big impact. And it's interesting. It was a lead admin at Microsoft who took a chance on the project and she piloted the program and then she ran it again. And then two of the admins that were in that group, they run it for their groups. And that was that was it. And so I'm just so grateful to that first admin, Melinda, who said, yes, this is important. We need to support our admins in their personal well-being, in not just their work performance, but in helping them show up as better humans. And we had a ball doing it and we got great results and it was super exciting. Nice. So what would be one thing that you want all assistants listening, maybe a, maybe a one practical tip on well-being, you know, maybe one philosophy, whatever it is that, you know, assistants listening, they're sitting at their computers all day. I'm sitting mm-hmm. here, you know, massaging my shoulder because I've been slouched at a laptop for, you know, eight hours today. What What's one thing you think that could be helpful tomorrow or today for these yeah. assistants listening? So I do, and I'll, I'll keep this as short as possible, but if you envision a circle on one side and a circle on the other side and a line joining the two circles, and on the left inside the circle is illness, and on the right inside the circle is wellness. Inside the circle of illness, that's symptoms and signs. That's a snotty nose, you have a cold, it's an upset stomach, bad salsa. But just outside that circle on the line, no signs or symptoms, but is that person really well? No, there's a long line to journey to true wellness. So just three quick points. One is don't assess your well-being by the absence of signs or symptoms. We need to be pursuing well-being consistently, um, intentionally, and we need to be making it a priority. In the in the middle of that line is those of us who go, well, I'm doing pretty good. I'm like halfway toward wellness, but maybe I'm not perfect. Uh, but I'm going to just hang out right here. We have to also remember we are part of a beautiful life cycle. And as part of that, we are, most of us, in a state of degenerative change, heading toward a very long dirt nap. Bad news. 
But the point is that if we are complacent and if we are cavalier about our well-being, we're actually in a headwind and we're being blown backwards. So the rapidity with which we degenerate in all aspects of our life is largely due to the well-being choices we make. When I share that with people, it helps give them permission to not tack their well-being choices to a bikini body or six-pack abs or doing something well-being because somebody said they should. They do it because they want to slow that journey down of where we're headed toward well uh, well being and and allow us to lean in there. And then finally, and this is the point that I want to make from the question, is well-being, that journey toward it is really a tightrope. And as tightrope artists, we don't leap along the tightrope heading toward well-being. It's heel-toe, 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 consistent, small shifts made over time. One glass of water, half hour extra of sleep, five minutes of meditation, but done consistently over time will get you big change. And so, That's my advice is pick one thing, make it small, implement it consistently. And when it becomes a routine and you don't have to think about that one extra glass of water every day, you add another. And so these big 21 days, this and a 30 day that and all these big aggressive shifts often are not aligned with how we uh, do behavioral change as humans. And so really important to recognize and respect that we do much better with tiny shifts made over time than big grandiose changes that we think are, oh, I'm going to be this or this now. Um, We actually get better results with smaller change. Yeah. And that's what um, that book Atomic Habits is all about, which you quoted in the beginning of the episode. So great book. And and can I I dovetail off that then? Because why I love that quote so much is we do not rise to the level of our goals. We fall to the level of our systems. So when I coach one-to-one, a lot of what we're working on is, okay, Jeremy, you want to start a early morning swimming program. Well, if you don't have your suit ready and your your clothes to throw on before you get in a cold truck and you don't have like your coffee maker on already, you don't have all the systems in place to make that habit really slippery, you're going to fail. And so what we spend a lot of time doing is evaluating environments, looking at systems. How can we just make this so easy for you? And that tends to be really helpful for folks too. So if you're looking to implement an exercise program or start drinking water or, um, start eating better food. Look at the environment in which you're trying to establish or plant that little habit. Yeah, it's great. So tell us a little bit about this concept of, you gave me a little bit of a cheat sheet for our conversation, this concept of of energy leakage liability. What is that? I'm glad that we came here. And it's one reason why I didn't share this as the one tool uh, for some for your audience, because I probably would have shared that. But knowing we were going to get to it, um, I left it for for last. And so it's a big mouthful of words, energy leakage liability. All that's talking about is all through practice, when I had patients who would get so excited about becoming well and starting a walking program and starting to eat better, and two weeks later, they'd come into my office and I'd be like, how is it going? And they'd say, ah, about that. And inevitably, they've fallen off the wagon. And I think, ah, lack of trying, lack of willpower, 
No, I realized they were missing some very foundational pieces of their well-being. And the first one was becoming conscious and aware of how they're spending their energy. And most people don't realize that you wake up with a certain amount of brain battery and we deplete it during the day with different things such as decision fatigue or paying attention or multitasking now admins have to multitask but there's ways that we can do it that actually preserve our energy and there's another type of energy sucking uh, thing that happens and that's called soul suck which is more of the heart centered stuff things like toxic relationships um Things like uh, being doing things that are not in your strengths, where you're working in your weakness, it's much more energy depleting, those sorts of things. So taking an inventory throughout your day and just going, where am I spending energy? Oh, I'm making that decision over and over every day. Do I need to? Should I put my keys in the same spot so I don't have to go looking for them every day? Should I meal prep on a Sunday so I don't have to re-decide how to make dinner every night? Should I uh, lay out my exercise stuff for the week so I always am ready to go and it's less stressful, less energy? So what I usually do with folks is I put them through an energy leakage inventory assessment and it's 75 questions that helps us identify where are you spilling energy unnecessarily? It might be permeable boundaries. It might be, um, like I said, friendships that no longer serve you. So it's really important to assess that because when we do and we shore that up, it gives us bandwidth to spend time on the things that are more important, such as our own well-being. So that's what I want to share with your audience today. I think it's a really important starting point for anyone who's up-leveling their well-being. So it's a free download, just Go ahead and take the test and you can see where you land, whether you're dripping or overflowing or flooding, and that will help you assess like, oh, okay, these are places I need to shore up my energy. That's great. And we will uh, link to that in the show notes at leaderassistant.com slash 181. Uh, you can get the energy leakage liability inventory and help you uh, get started and also help it help you get connected with Heather as yeah. well. So leaderassistant.com slash 181. Well, Heather, uh, what is maybe your, you know, 60 second answer to the big question that I like to ask most of my guests and we'll get back to the assistant's role. What makes an assistant a leader? Oh, I like that a lot. Well, I'm going to answer that in two ways. I will try to keep it to 60 seconds. I believe confidence, growth mindset, curiosity, and a willingness to take risks are key factors in leadership. But I also have experience with several admins in my own personal experience, and they elicited traits that I also think are really important. Can I share those? Yeah, of course. Okay. So I'm going to buy name. So Michael Keeter was one of my office managers and he was my longest term office manager and he anticipated need like nobody else. That is a huge trait. I think that is just so valuable to leaders. Dom King, accountability. So readily admitting when you made a mistake and not being afraid that it's going to result in 
be too much feedback or threaten that you're, you know, that if I admit this, I can make it right and move forward. That's a huge one. Uh, Lindsay Sumner, she's the one I mentioned earlier, first time proficiency. And I think that's really important where attention to detail is such a huge responsibility on admins. And I think when a leader like myself can count on first time excellence, it's a game changer because we're not second guessing and feeling like we have to micromanage, right? And double check everything. So first time proficiency is huge. Aaron Kramer is bestedness. So believing in not just the leader, but the company you're working for and feeling a vested interest in being part of the team and the company as a whole. I think that's huge. Loyalty uh, was Jamie Holt and Amelia Stark was a champion. She championed for me on my behalf on a regular basis. So I know that's a lot, but I really wanted to do a shout out to each of those folks who served me for uh, the long time. And I just appreciate and love them so much. And so thank you for letting me mention them and their strongest traits here. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for sharing, Heather. That's awesome. Sounds like you've worked with some good people over the years. For sure. Yes. Uh, so one one last little question. So if I am listening to this episode and I have an assistant team or I'm tasked with the corporate, you know, training or development for personal well-being for my company, what's yeah. what's kind of an example of how you work with with corporations specifically? Like is it a half a day workshop? Is it a two hour training? You know, what are a couple of the things you would be able to come into our teams at our corporations and, and help out? Yeah. Great question. Thank you for asking that. I, I am so enthusiastic and excited about some of the, the products that we're offering now. One of them is called the wellness super sessions. It's a two part series, two 90 minute, or we can do it in 260 minute, but 290 minute is ideal because they're highly interactive activity based sessions on well being. The second is the product I, I spoke to you about before called the Wellness Amplifier Performance Program. And that is highly geared to come in, have big impact, big transformation. It offers personalized coaching for each of the attendees, it offers an eight week uh, online program that they have access to forever and uh, some live sessions as well. And so that's a really fun program. But I also have come in and done one-off keynotes, et cetera, to just really help inspire and create enthusiasm in folks and help them uh, getting on top of their own well-being. Because even though we are, uh, fingers crossed, most of the way through a lockdown pandemic, uh, we are far from being well again. And we are seeing outages, particularly in the culture that you speak to, where people are burnt out, they're anxious, they're depressed, they're stressed, they're not sure how to prioritize their self-care and they need help. And so that's where I come in. Love it. Well, how can people get a hold of you if they, if they want to learn more? Super. Uh, I'm always on LinkedIn. And so message me on LinkedIn is great under Heather Denniston. And then you can also check out my website at wellfitandfed.com. Wellfitandfed.com. Perfect. And I'll put those links in the show notes as well, of course. And yeah, hopefully uh, you all listening have learned a little bit today and we'll connect with Heather and get your wellness on, right? Yeah, that's right. (laughs) That's right. Thank you for having me, Jeremy. I really appreciate it. You're doing wonderful work. 
please review on Apple Podcasts. GoBullows.com